Welcome to where the weird ones are. Every time I speak, I want the truth to come out. Powerful figures. fucking weirdos welcome to another episode of where the weird ones are my name is kevin but you probably already knew that and if you didn't now you do today's episode is a part two with isaac the shadow walker um if you're not familiar with who isaac is he uh is the co-host over at um hidden in the shadows podcast and he was uh on on this show for episode 50 So, after we were done uh, recording for episode 50, Isaac informed me that he had, you know, a lot more to talk about. And then, after this episode was done, he informed me that he still had more to talk about. So, there will be a part three um, in the near future, probably in a couple months. Uh, So, stay tuned for that. But I hope you really enjoy uh isaac stories uh today uh he's a wicked good dude um i like him a lot and i think you guys will too if you haven't heard him yet um so go check out his podcast he does it with his wife um if you have dark entities and or demons of any kind please reach out to him and he can remotely remove them um he's very good at it from what i hear um, I know people that he has helped. So, um, so yeah, if you need help, please, uh, reach out to him and he will do so for free. Um, so with that, um, I appreciate everybody who, uh, tunes in to this every week. Um, it means a lot to me. Um, I was recently featured on a magazine, which is paranorm paranormality magazine. Um, You can get copies, you can get uh, electronic copies um, or a physical copy off their website, paranormalitymag.com. Wonderful people over there. Uh, I've been talking to um, someone over there. And they also have a podcast, so if you're interested in that, you can check that out too. (coughs) But... Um, with that being said, uh, please go on Facebook and look up 40 infest. Um, it is a paranormal cryptid kind of, uh, event that is happening in my neck of the woods in my hometown. 
uh, June 8th. It is 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. So uh, please go show them some love if you're interested in vending and or speaking. Uh, you can message them directly uh, at Paranormal 5, either on Facebook or Instagram. So they are very welcoming and they're very nice people. So if you're interested, definitely uh, definitely reach out. So other than that, like, follow, share, subscribe. I would greatly appreciate it. Uh, my kids and I just started another podcast called Straight From Our Couch where we do movie reviews on movies that I grew up with, not strictly movies I grew up with, but mostly. Um, and I introduce them to, to my kids, and then we you know, record ourselves talking about it, and we give the movie a rating and what we think about the movie. So um, it was a lot of fun. Uh, the first episode is already out on YouTube and Spotify. I'm not sure if Apple has picked it up yet, but it's out there. So um, for some reason, I'm having a hard time finding it on YouTube. I do not know why. Um, with that being said, let's get into it. They're coming to get you, Barbara. So, um, episode 50, um, I got a lot of fantastic feedback on, um, not only was it a milestone, but I had a phenomenal guest. I was going to say fantastic. And I said, uh, I said phenomenal weird. Um, but, uh, so I had Isaac from hidden in the shadows podcast and he talked about his, you know, his, 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 his ability, um, to uh basically capture uh, i guess dark entities and, and uh store them into it into his ring um and the that episode is called uh a prison for dark entities and well at, towards the end we find out that uh isaac actually has quite a bit of stories from his childhood so I figured we'd do a part two, and this is part two. So, Isaac, if you don't mind telling the good people a little bit about yourself, your podcast, and where they can find you. Well, um, co-host of Hidden Shadows podcast with my wife, Megan. Um, the whole podcast started out because me and my wife's experiences between the two of us were enough to fill a novel, or enough more than one novel, actually. Um, and we decided to start telling these stories through the podcast, which originally was a different one. And then we found out that a lot of people liked our paranormal stuff versus us just talking about random stuff. So we decided to start hitting the shadows podcast. And we've been doing that for almost three years now, maybe four years in June of next year. And um, we've uh, become paranormal investigators because of it. Uh, we do that on the side. Uh, speaking of which, um, 
as a paranormal investigators, we've actually had to create a new team. Um, the old team, Shadow Walker Paranormal, is no longer no more. Um, other team members couldn't or didn't want to participate in our style of investigating anymore, so they disbanded, and I guess they're doing their own stuff now. But that gave us uh, the opportunity, now just me and my wife, uh, to create Hidden in the Shadows Paranormal. So, we already nice. had established a name within the Shadows podcast, so let's tack on Paranormal. And so now it's Hidden in the Shadows Paranormal, which is me and my wife. That's awesome, man. I, I was So, <laughs> I got a follow on Instagram from Hidden in the Shadows Paranormal. I was like, what? wasn't I already following that? Because I didn't pick up on the Paranormal part and not the podcast. <laughs> and I was yeah. like, I was already... <laughs> I'm already following them, and I, I was looking at it. I was like, "Oh, <laughs> I was like, there's two. It's two. It's a different thing now. It's their their uh, paranormal stuff." So, uh, so yeah. if uh, anybody's interested, you should definitely go check uh, not only the Instagram out but the podcast because I've actually listened. To, did you do the music for your intro yourself? The uh, when you ever listen back to the um old episodes, like when, like I guess around the first season, I think uh, the first I think it's either 40 or 50 episodes is uh, is, is something I wrote is that piano intro, a, pi a piano and violin thing that was me, I wrote that. But then the band, a uh, band called Malden, um, an alternative rock band that actually got started in the late 90s and retired to have kids and then came back in about mid late 2000s and started touring again after the kids got grown and stuff like that um heard our podcast through the weirdest way they, they found our podcast because they followed someone who had a bigfoot sticker on the back of their car so asking them about the bigfoot sticker started a conversation about us as hit shows podcast and then they were like well let's check this podcast out they liked us let's do our episodes they even suggested and said, hey, if you guys want to use our music for an intro, you guys can. So I picked the song that is now the intro of our podcast, uh, which we use from now on. And we've been using it for a while and stuff like that. And they've been super cool. But I actually had them on uh, one of the episodes. We talked about their paranormal experiences that each, uh, I think it's the husband, wife, members of the team, uh, members of the band, uh, talk about their paranormal experiences and stuff. They've, they've experienced stuff like that, which they've experienced some stuff on their own for being uh, a band. It doesn't really evolve much spooky essence to their music, but they do have uh, a spooky vibe every now and then. Uh, but yeah, that's that. I didn't write the new stuff, but no, the, the original stuff. Yeah, I did. Oh, nice. Nice. Cause I was going to say that's, that that's um, fantastic. I thought maybe you were the one on the guitar and everything, everything, <laughs> but um, no. yeah, I don't think I, I don't think maybe I did listen back far enough to the piano one, but um but yeah no i thought i thought it was pretty great um and it goes with your uh podcast pretty well um so that's cool uh but so you have uh a plethora of experiences uh from uh childhood that you had told me about well you didn't tell me about them but you just said we didn't even touch on the things that you know, that I, I experienced growing up. And I was like, oh, shit. Uh, but I don't know how you want to do it. Like, chronological... I can never say that word um, for the first or second time. So I'm just going <laughs> to... You know what I mean. So... Yeah. <laughs> um, 
I don't know how, however you want to do it. Um, it, the floor is yours, my friend. Well, it's like you asked me to tell a little about myself, but that little bit took almost two hours last time. So I always point <laughs> yeah. to the original first time I was episode was with you to get the full gist of everything I can do. Um, cause I also have some new stuff that I can do, but we'll talk about that uh, a little bit later. Um, mm. but no, the ranch I grew up on when I was a kid. Now, this is a story I've told countless people and stuff like that. Uh, I know I mentioned a little bit in the first episode, but never got the full experiences of what's happened there. The ranch is, um, I think, I'm not good at determining acres, but I want to say no more than 50, but no less than 20. Uh, the best way I can, if I, I measure it, it, it's about the width of two football fields and the length of three. So... Figure that out in size, and that's about the size of the ranch my grandfather bought back in the 60s, sorry, the 80s, um, after he came to America from Mexico, uh, moved over here, and then bought that piece of land, and that's what the family ranch has been there forever, well, since to that time, uh, before mm-hmm. I was even born. And uh, we didn't know anything about that piece of land, I didn't know the history of it or anything like that, but ever since I was a kid... Up until the time I moved off the ranch, I've experienced everything paranormal underneath the sun there. From hearing uh, spirits in the woods, from a possible cryptid, from uh, alien lights in the skies, uh, from seeing something big enough to block out the shadow, from seeing a, a white creature standing in the, in, the, in, the yard, in, the, sorry, in the tall grass and stuff like that. And it, even that, not my own experiences, my friends who came to the ranch... Uh, and experience some of the stuff on their own. So, but one of the first early experiences I remember as a kid, and I can't remember the 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 reason behind it, or the what caused it, or what anything. All I remember is the room that I stayed in with my brothers, because there's this, I have two brothers, and we're all relatively around the same age. Granted, I was the oldest, and my youngest was maybe the youngest brother was about four years younger than me. So, granted, we were all relatively around the same age as growing up. But that room we shared, all three of us. Uh, but I remember when I was young, for some reason, the room would just had one big full-size, queen-size bed in there. And I was laying on it, and I remember crying and telling something to stop as the lights on the lamp kept getting brighter. And, like, it would go bright and not bright, bright and not bright. And that's, like, my earliest memory with anything paranormal. And I can't remember why or the reason behind it or what was even there. But that's all I remember is from, like, feeling like I was crying and the lights was getting brighter and not brighter and brighter and not brighter. And it just... Um, that's my earliest memory, but from time on the ranch, when we were young, um, we, and my brothers one evening decided to cross the fence to go towards this barn or school building that looked like it burned down or it has been burned down and like half to, you know, dilapidated and stuff like that. And my uncles always told us that's where a witch used to live. Like, don't ever go over there. That's where a witch was. Right. Um, she died in the fire. Don't go over there. Right. He would, they would always tell us that. I didn't know if it was true or not. I just know that's what they told us to keep us away from there. So me and my brothers, I think I was eight. And then my youngest was, of course, four. And then my middle, my second youngest brother, he's a year younger than me. He's either six or seven. And we crossed the fence and we walk in. Mind you, this is dusk. So we can still see everything. And it's not nighttime yet. But we got maybe, I don't know, maybe 30 yards away from the, the barn building thing. And we hear loud. <laughs> like this giant oh, witch cackle, right? Loud oh. witch cackle coming from 
behind the barn area, right? And of course, we're kids. We haul ass, run, like literally jump over the fence, and then just like haul back to the house, like telling our mom we heard that. She goes, "I, ah, you just you were you're hearing things, right?" Um, which we couldn't explain to ourselves what we heard. All three of us heard at the same time. We all ran. Um, we couldn't figure out if it was someone playing a joke on us or not. But the, the weird thing is, no one owned that piece of land behind the fence. There's no houses in that area. There's no one even living in the in the that entire space. So we understand where it came from. And granted, at the time, my uncles were already moved on, living with their own families in different parts of the state and stuff like that. So it wasn't them. Um, but fast forward to about, I think I was 13 or 14. I remember one night, um, the moonlight was shining through. Because the way the house was pointed, uh, we had a big old like double window at the front of the trailer I lived in when I was a kid, and it would basically be open, open, right? So if a full moon, the light would shine through the window and basically, like, be on the floor. So, so of course, we had blinds. We closed them sometimes. We wanted it to be real dark, but that, for some reason, we didn't have blinds at that time, and the light was just shining through. And I hear something big moving around outside, like, boom, boom, like hoof, like hoof stomps, right? And I'm thinking, is there a damn cow or horse loose out there or something? I, I don't know anybody around that has any, but I mean, it's, it's, it was Texas and there's a good chance that somebody has something like that around there, but whatever it was, when it walked past the window, right, it blocked out the moonlight for about one, two seconds as it passed by and then walked away again. Now for something to stand tall enough to do that, it would have to be well over eight feet, right? Damn. And, so... You couldn't make out what this, you just saw, like, it just blocked out the moonlight, that's it? Yeah, it's like a massive black shadow. And okay. Like, over eight feet and probably at least about four feet wide to do so. Yeah. Mm, well, <laughs> interesting. <laughs> uh, well, I know what that sounds like. <laughs> yeah. Um. A little bit later from then on, it was one summer night, we heard something running around the house super fast. Me and my brothers, because of course we were late about, late up, up late, sorry, late up, up late uh, during the summer because no school and stuff like that. And um, we heard something running around the house, like super fast, faster than any deer we ever heard before. It sounded like a deer because of the hooves and the tiny legs, which you have, you know, endless amount of deer out where we lived in Texas. And it ran around the 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 trailer like super fast in less than a couple seconds each time. And we couldn't figure out what the hell was going on. Couldn't wake up our parents. It's like one or two in the morning. They were fast asleep. So we just tried to look out the window and it passed by. I didn't see anything. I was like, what the hell is going on out there? Didn't figure out that mystery. Um, oh, that no. same summer, I think maybe a month later, um, we were bored and we had an old nineties camcorder. The one you put on your shoulder for anyone who's that old enough to remember. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I used to have one of those. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and my youngest brother, uh, I think, I think I was, I think I was 14. And then my youngest brother, of course, was like 10. And me and my, my second youngest brother, we um, went outside at night because we were bored, like I said. And we decided, hey, let's, um, oh, sorry, before I tell that story, I had to tell the previous one. Sorry. Um, no, no. Yeah, I'm on the right timeline. Sorry, I thought of something else. Anyway, so <laughs> we, 
I was sorry, I got I got confused about another story I'm about to tell before that one. Anyway. It happens um, to me all we, the time too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, wait, wait, this no. Um so we, we got outside, because uh, we were bored one evening, and we had the youngest brother handle the camcorder as me, my second youngest, picked up an axe and he picked up an axe, I think I picked up a machete, just in case we ran into anything. And we were trying to do our own Blair Witch stuff, right? Um <laughs> Yeah, it just, I guess a couple of years after the movie came out, we were like, oh, let's try our own stuff. Um, and the way that our driveway works is like there's one long dirt road with the ranch, uh, the rest of the land on the right, and then, a, and then a barbed wire fence on the left. And if you walk down the fence, you go down the road, it connects to a road that turns about slight turn right, goes straight for about 50 yards and a direct left, like a direct left, like right angle. And then straight all the way down to the highway where you go off and then get on the highway. So it's like we kind of lived out in the middle of nowhere, this ranch was. But we decided to walk down this road and go try to film that barn that we heard the witch cackle at. All right. See if we can mm. see anything there. And my youngest brother was following me with a camera because he had the light on the, on the camera. And granted, I would say the people in the Blair Witch Project had better camera work than he did. Granted, he was 10 and the camera was probably heavy. So, I mean, it was just like it was everywhere. <laughs> uh, my second youngest brother got a little bit further down and there's there's woods and then after the woods there's an open clearing area where the barn is right and he got a little further past me and he was standing in front of the area where we saw or so we heard the witch cackle thing and he was frozen he was just standing there frozen I yell out to him Gabe what's going on my brother Gabe and he just he just points. He doesn't say anything. He just looks and points. And I get around and see what he's looking at. And what I see is this white figure, not like a ghost, like a human being, this pale white, no clothes, right, standing in the tall grass, like where it's crouched kind of, and then stands up, turns around, and walks into the darkness. Right? Did it look like uh like any light was portraying from it, like radiating from it? No, but there was a full moon, so it kind of gave some light so what we could see it. Oh, okay. All right. But it looked like human skin, right? It didn't look like a ghost. It looked like a solid figure, but no okay, hair on its head, bald. Like, you see, like, a distinctive skin almost. My best memory is that it looked old and wrinkly, like someone who's been in the water too long. Right? Uh, yes, yes. I, I get what you're saying. But, granted, it was nighttime. I was, like I said, like 13, 14, so my memories. Great if I can remember anything that far back. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it just stood up and then turned around and walked in the darkness. And we all, we all freaking out. Youngest brother, he didn't see anything because he was the furthest back. And he was like, what's going on? What's going on? With it? He's handling the camera. You just see, just see the camera, me and him run past him. Um, and he's chasing after us. And the camera, great, not great camera work. Um, but I remember, I think like two years later or so, and I was hanging out with my friend at his house, and it was a it was a Saturday, because I remember I, this is when I used to go to church, and church was the next day, and he where he lived was walking distance from the church that we went to, so he asked me, hey, do you want to spend the night over? So in the morning we just go to the church, and after that I take you home. So like, yeah, that's cool, we can do that. But I said I need to get my stuff, so I need to get some change of clothes, I need to get like uh, my stuff, and he was like, okay, and he. Him and my friend Matt, who was also there at the same time, my friend Stephen, my friend Matt, um, were there at the same time. It's like, oh, let's go, let's all go. All right, so we get in the car, mind you, it's dark time, and we drive up to my house. 
and we park right in front of my 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 trailer stuff like that and me and steven get out and we're going up and i noticed that the porch light is off which is i guess my mom never turned it on so i was like okay and we get out and as we're walking i noticed matt didn't get out he stayed in the car and i was like hey you sure you want to stay out here he's like yeah i'm good i'm good i'm like are you sure because i've told them stories and stuff like yeah. that so they knew they knew exactly everything i told them right and he was like, oh, no, fine, I'm cool. I was like, all right. Matt was in the, in the shotgun position. That's important. We go inside. I think I talked to my mom for maybe a couple minutes, asked her, hey, can I go stay at Stevens tonight and stuff like that? He's like, oh, she goes, that's fine. And so I go to my room. I think we talked to my brother for maybe three minutes. I'm already packing my stuff while he's talking to my friend Steven about guitars or something. And we leave. And I remember as I'm walking out, I'm like, oh, got to turn that porch light on. I'm going to walk out in the darkness. So I flick it on. We go out, we come down the stairs, or down the porch stairs, and then we um, get in the car. And when we get to the car, Matt is now in the back seat with a freaked out expression on his face, yelling at us to get in the car. We need to leave now. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, get in the car, get in the fucking car now. I don't want to stay in the car. I'm like, all right. So I remember I threw my stuff in the, back, in, the, uh, in the trunk, got in, the, in the, of course, the shotgun position now, and we were driving away. And as we're driving, grind you, I lived about, 15 minutes out of town so it was a a good way drive back into town with no street lamps no you know just all darkness and in, in, in highway back to where back into town and we, while we're driving back he's telling us while we were in the house no more than like 10 seconds up in the house he heard a hoof stop next to the car then off in the distance then next to the car then off in the distance then next to the car and he was looking around seeing where the hell this is coming from he couldn't see anything and he jumped in the back seat to see if he could get like a you know i'm looking at all directions now next to the car off in the distance couldn't figure out where it was coming from and he was starting to freak out and he he just got down in the fetal position and like i don't want to see anything if there is anything right i don't want to see anything he gets down and then as he's doing that he hears tink like something with a long claw scratching the side of the car. And he said he was about to jump up and slam the horn, right? As I flicked on the light, the porch light. And that's when we came out, and that's when he was freaking out. While he's telling this, this story, as we're driving back into town, if any who has ever lived on the country before, they know that you probably killed more deer with your vehicle than any gun you could ever own. So. Absolutely. Without fail, I think I've killed probably six or seven. Um, so it's a common thing that you have to slow down if you see any sign of a deer on the side of the road. Otherwise, you're going to run right in your car. That wasn't the case that night. As you're driving back, and he's telling us this, every single deer we passed stopped on the side of the road and watched us drive by. No deer in history I've ever seen has ever done that. Stop and watch us leave. Right? And that's what he mm. mad me the expression. Why are the deer fucking watching us leave? What is going on? That scared him even more than the, what he experienced. And as we got back to the house, Stephen's house, back in the town, we go back outside with a flashlight and look at the side of the car to see if there's any markings. And yes, lo and behold, there was something that looked like the, like someone took a needle, right, like a sewing needle, and yep. stabbed and scratched one end of the car to the other. Wow, dude. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, so, <laughs> right. Have you ever wondered what it's like to hang out with three siblings in a bar? 
three siblings that like to tell true crime and paranormal stories and are also hilarious. I'm Deshay, the oldest sibling. I'm Sage, the middle sibling. And I'm Storm, the youngest sibling. So come hang out with us every Monday for a new episode of Three Siblings Walk Into a Bar, available on wherever you listen to your podcast. Hey, no, uh, what was it? Just one, one scratch. Yeah, just one long scratch mark from one into the other. Okay, that's wow, strange. That uh, that probably would have freaked me out too. And yeah. then, um. <clears throat> The the deer in Texas must be um, a different breed because the deer up here, they just stop on the side of the road all the time. Um, no. Not that they don't dart in, out in front of us because they dart out in front of us all the time too, but um, I find it interesting how they, um, but how many, do you, do you recall how many you uh, passed up that night? Uh, I think at least 10. So it was strange. I remember as he was telling me, he said, why are the deer stopping? I look up. Yeah. I'm listening to him. But then I look back to the road and I see like four deer on one side and like three on the other side of the road, just stopping and staring, watching us leave. Wow. That's, I mean, for all of them to just stop and stare is, is, I mean, if one of them did it, it would have been like, for me, it would have been like, oh, it's a, it's just a deer. And then, but for a bunch, uh, like a good handful of them, that's strange and eerie, especially if, like, if I was him, so well, obviously, you know that he was freaking out. So, like, to go through that experience and then to see the deer just like standing on the side of the road watching you, and there's like a good ha- amount of them, and they're acting kind of like unnormal or abnormal than they normally do. So, like that just adds to the eeriness of the whole situation. So he probably did he go back to your house ever? Matt never did. No, no, never again. But Stephen did. Um, one of the nights because I played for the uh, the praise band, the church band. Um, I played bass for the band. That's actually I learned how to play bass was in the church, which is always a funny thing. I tell any metal band that I joined in my youth was, Hey man, would you learn to play bass? This is why I'm in a death metal band. Oh, I learned church. I go, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's always a weird startings, but I was like, ah, it's, it's cool. Anyway. Um, we, we left practice late one evening and I asked him, Hey, can you be right home? He was over reluctant. Not, he didn't want to do it at all, but I didn't have a choice. And he was like, fine, I'll do it. But if I see anything, right. Anyway. Uh, I think I was, I think we were a junior in high school. Yeah. Uh, so he dropped, he, we go to the house night, nighttime. He drops me off. He says, get out of the car. I don't want to stay. I don't look at anything. I'm, I'm not, I want to stay here that long. I was like, all right. He leaves next morning at school. Mind you, he tells me, I'm never going back to your fucking house ever again. And he goes, why? What happened? He says when he was driving out, and remember I said, how is that turn? And then you go straight and then you make a left turn and he goes straight all the way down dirt road mind yeah. you, to the, uh, the highway. While he's driving, he glances to the left. And then in this area of just open field, mind you, tall grass, no more than maybe two, three feet high. And it's just open grass. And then there's like woods kind of surrounding and stuff like that. In this open area to his left, he saw the white figure that I described when I was a kid standing in the, uh, the field, just standing there staring at him. Right? He wow. hit his gas and said he ruined his shocks 
Because grind you that that was a very bad dirt road. It's like bumpy and stuff like that. <laughs> Ruined his shocks, he says, uh, as he was trying to get out as fast as he can. Wow. Yeah, I'd probably ruin my shocks too if uh, <laughs> if that happened to me. <laughs> Let so. If this person wasn't at creepy looking to begin with, if it was just a random person, um, I still would have been creeped out. So there's that. <laughs> um, but geez, man. Um, so do you got? Do you know anything about the land there? Like, is there any history of it on there? My wife is trying to look stuff up. You know, history of the ranch, the area of the land that we bought it from. And all I remember as a kid that the, the land that my grandfather bought it from, or leased it from, until he owned it, I think like 20 years ago, um, was a guy named Gary. That's all I remember. It's a guy named Gary. It was like, hey, it's a Gary's coming. That's that's all I remember. Um, and he was he always had a truck, and I never saw his face. It, that's that, all of my from my childhood. I remember the guy named Gary. Owned the ranch before my grandfather bought it from him. That was that was it. No other hmm. connection. Uh, but uh, what is, is strange is that there has to be something with that land. Uh, either the over yeah, the, the hill country area of Blanco, Texas, that's where this ranch is, has a lot of limestone mm. in the ground, and we're known mm-hmm. for it. We know that you can't dig ever so far down deep before you hit rocks and stones. So if you wanted to do any kind of deep digging you needed some good uh like a trench digger or those big heavy machinery to dig deeper down to get through the rocks as well so i don't know if it's the over usage of limestone because apparently limestone can hold a lot of energy at least what we were told but one thing i noticed is that when you drive down this road to my ranch turn you drive you make a turn and you turn into it there used to be a, a, a cattle guard there which there is now because my grandfather has cattle um and you drive into to a road, and basically the road splits into a Y, which one way goes up to my grandparents, the other one goes up to my house. And there's a tree, not on our side of the fence, on the other side, like directly against the fence. So they built it like right on the line, a tree that kind of hangs over. And on this tree, one of my last visits there, I noticed a big, giant, thick branch and this weird ringed, like, uh, almost like it's over, like a ring kind of, over usage in this one part of the, the tree branch and it had two like big round knots on either side almost like a tire built into the the tree like someone with a rope kind of over pulled it right o- up and down up and down up and down over and over again right and it just over the years it, it kind of fossilized a permanent mark into tree i i recognized it because i remember watching a movie talking about a hanging tree and his history that had the same mark in it. There like means Gavel Ten Square. I think so. Can't remember what it was like a documentary or something about a hanging tree somewhere. We were talking about it for we were going to going to talk about it for one of our episodes. Uh, this 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 space this haunted location where the documentary was taking place. Up now I've totally forgotten because we kind of shelved it. But I remembered that 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 ring in the tree what it looked like over usage of hanging people from it so it means that tree was used to hang people who mm-hmm. knows when because that town blanco was discovered in like the early 1800s and where my ranch is the land in it where it is is a good 15 miles out of town so if you wanted to take somebody and hang them with no one seeing or no one prosecuting for that would be the place 
Yeah, I'd say. I would say. So how how far exactly did you say the did you say I I might have missed it. Uh, how far that tree was from the property, or was it on your property? It wasn't directly on the property. It was right against the fence. Like, uh-huh. The branches were hanging over onto the ranch. If we wanted to mm. cut that tree down, we'd have to ask the person who owned the land on the other side of the fence. I got you. But it hanged you. over on our part of the fence anyway. So the root system of that tree is on was on your property, too. Yeah. So, because obviously we everybody knows how trees work nowadays. Oh, at least that's, I would hope. Yeah, it's a possible <laughs> culprit, but I'm not 100 percent saying that's the reason why. There's probably. I mean, other I think reasons. it could. Yeah. it could be a contributing factor. Yeah. Um, you know, so I mean, I don't rule anything personally. I don't rule anything out. Um, I like to have a little bit of like a healthy skepticism, but um, yeah, there's. A, lo- a little bit of everything sprinkled here and there, but um, it it could it could very well be um, a, a, some contributing to the to the energy on that property. So, and then there was a time. That. I mean, granted, that could, the white figure could be decided as cryptid, but I don't think that. But they actually did have an experience with a possible cryptid on that ranch. Uh, this was, I say, fall time because it was getting cold at dark, but it was warm during the day, or like beginning of winter, possibly, in Texas. Uh, it was, it was an evening that was inside the ranch. We had the windows open because it was cool. I remember that. But we started hearing, and it had to be around five or six, around the time the sun was started setting. Uh, we heard screaming off in the distance in the woods, and it sounded like an animal, just like a loud screeching sound. And my mom said, oh, it must have been a coyote or something. They got in a fence, a barbed wire fence or something, or some kind of animal got trapped, right? Because it's off in a distance. You didn't care about it. But then it kept getting closer and closer and closer and louder and louder. And it got loud and louder. And in my kid mind, I thought it sounded like like a pterodactyl. Granted, I'd never heard a pterodactyl before, but that's what it kind of sounded like to my head. My first thought in my head is a loud screeching sound. Like this loud screeching animalistic kind of sound. And it just kept getting closer and closer. And it wasn't a continuous sound. This, whatever it was, was taking breaths to get like quiet and then like it's doing it over and over. And it kept getting closer. It got so close and so loud I could see the glass vibrating on the windows. To a point yeah, Yeah, to a point where my mom was yelling at my dad. Go deal with whatever that is. I don't want it getting on the house or getting near the house, right? Mm. So my dad goes out to his his uh, his truck, and like every Texan, he has plenty of guns. <laughs> yeah, but um, I like that. <laughs> excuse me, my throat's getting a little dry. Yeah, go ahead. Um, so he goes into his truck and he he gets I think his uh, his magnum his uh, three fifty seven magnum. Uh, as a black pistol, yeah. And I opened up the back door because I wanted to see whatever he was shooting at. I was the bravest of my brothers. And I just <laughs> opened the door, and I, mind you, it's getting real dark, so you can't really see anything through the woods. And where this was coming from was the wooded area on the other side of our fence. Granted, no one lives over there. It's all land. And I'm looking to see what's there, and then out of nowhere, I hear my dad, you know, fire his gun, bam, bam, bam. Like, that scared me more than when I was out there. 
and he fired all six rounds in the direction of where this sound was coming from. And you don't hear screaming after that. What you do, you hear is running. And when I heard it run, I was like, that's not normal. It sounded like it had very long feet. Like I heard like a heel hit, and then when maybe a second later, the, the, the foot, like the balls of the foot hit. And then heel, foot, heel, foot, heel, foot, as it ran away from the direction my dad shot. Oh, we, my God. Oh yeah. my god! Go go ahead, continue. Uh, I just have I have I I, you know I think that is, it, that sounds like a Bigfoot to me. On that, so we go out there to see if we see any footprints or anything like that, uh, or fur or blood or anything that might be out there. Me and my brothers during the day we did this. Um, jumped the fence, looking around. All we saw on the on the trees were like bullet holes where my dad shot, and where like I mm. guess it skimmed part of the trees as well. Uh, but no fur, no footprints or anything. There was nothing there. Granted, you can see leaves moved and branches like broken, like where it ran through, but there's nothing left behind. After, and this is a plug for our recent episodes, we recently did uh, Bigfoot Part 1 and 2 on our podcast, yeah. right? Just talking about Bigfoot. All the legend, all the stories, everything we've heard. After getting through the podcast, we mentioned that um, towards the end of part two. is like, hey, you think the thing that was on my ranch was a Bigfoot that might have been injured that was coming our direction? And she goes, I don't know. But from how you described it and what we've learned, it could have been. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm – that's – I mean, the the screeching and then the foot, the the running. That's what yeah. That's what it sounds like. I mean – the the how the Bigfoot howl is always described a little bit different depending on the area that you're in, but um, essentially it's it it's a scream. It's a, how even it, like we don't if if Bigfoot is real and the amount of times that they spend yelling, I'm sure that sometimes their vocal cords get a little stressed out, so it might change a howl sometimes. Or the whoop, or whatever you want to call it, um, but yeah, no, I that's the minute like from the the screeching to when you said how the uh, the way that that it was running, it just it, all all that combined, and then the figure that you saw when you were younger go by your window, um, and it be, having to be eight foot to be past the window to like block the light completely out of your window, like. Uh, there's definitely I feel like there's a definite Bigfoot in that was on that ranch so I'd be I'd be interested to uh, well maybe um, hear about like uh, Bigfoot hunters or whatever to like go out in that <laughs> area um, that would be that'd be cool uh, do you guys still own that property is it a yeah, still in the family my grandfather and grandmother have long now have passed away. It's been about five or six years now. Um, but they left in their will. Uh, the property is about a third my father's, a third my uncle who lives on the ranch as well. Because um, my, my father has two brothers, like same as me. And uh, his youngest brother, my uncle Mario, lives on the ranch. And he lives a little further up, uh, up in the corner. If there's a corner of the ranch, that, that'll be it. He lives a little farther back and a little further away from everybody else but he's still on the ranch as well he got a third of the ranch and then the final 
third uh, originally was split into like all the pieces from all his kids. Now, my grandfather, I have 10 uh, aunts and uncles, including my father. So he had 10 kids, my grandfather. Wow. Uh, <laughs> but none of my aunts wanted to own the property. So what they did is they sold their shares to my, my father and my uncle, and they split up in thirds amongst them. So my uncle Javier owns the final third, which is the area of land where my grandparents' house uh, lives. And where they built, there's a trailer they built, and they modified it. And then they have built this two-story uh, concrete, solid concrete building. It kind of has a very apartment kind of feel to it. Uh, it's just bedrooms, uh, and then there's a bathroom on the upstairs and the downstairs. So whoever is living on the upstairs, I think there's three rooms up there. They have their own bathroom. Mind you, it's not closed off, so you literally have to go, not outside, but right, it's covered. But you are outside in whatever weather is there. So it's hot, it's hot, it's cold, it's cold. And he had to walk down to the bathroom, take a shower, use it, whatever. Um, I bring that up because later on uh, in my, uh, I think I was, I moved out when I was 18. I lived with the friends until about I was 20. Then I moved back, essentially with my parents. I moved into that pink building because all my aunts and uncles moved away and that building wasn't getting use. So my grandfather said, hey, you can live there if you want, if you pay me rent. And I was like, all right, that's fine. That's cool. So I lived up there in one of the rooms on the ranch back in when I was like 20. And I was working overnight at a grocery company called H-E-B. So I, my daytime was sleeping. My nighttime was, I was awake. <laughs> um, yeah. When my brother, my brother graduated, I think a year or so later, he moved into the other room that was across the hallway from me. And he had his own room up there. So we both were up there. We both worked at the same place. We go to work at the same time. So we just meet him always. always. Um, I remember one of the times I was sleeping up there. Um, mind you, this this uh, pink building stuff like that. It's like solid concrete and stuff like that. So we had our own furniture and stuff like that. I had a nightstand right next to me with a lamp and water bottles, of course, like anybody who is a excessive <laughs> sweater. Um, next to the next to the bed, and I remember one of the times it was I was waking up for work, so it was late at night. So about ten o'clock, I went in, so it had to be nine o'clock, and I remember just like waking up naturally, not from my alarm, but I kept hearing someone telling me, wake up, wake up, wake up, right? And I remember opening my eyes just a little bit. And what I see is a shadow figure of a little girl in a Victorian style dress. A lot of lace, a lot of frilly, but she was all solid black. Her dress was black. Her hair was black. Her skin was black, like shadow black, right? Mm -hmm. You can see the distinctiveness on her dress and her hair and stuff like that, right? Just complete shadow. And get up, and then a final, and then slam my nightstand. Right, and I, of course I jump Whoa. away because of that. And when I do, and I open my eyes, I see the water bottles on my nightstand, like shaking as someone just slammed their fist on the nightstand. I get up. Damn, I get out son. Of the room. <laughs> I get out. I get out of the room. I go to my brother, who's already awake because he's off that day, and he's he's sitting there playing video games. He looks at me, and goes, "What?" And I go. And I told him what I saw, and he goes, oh, you saw her too? I'm like, what the fuck you mean you saw her too? <laughs> and, oh, my God. And he goes, oh, I, 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 I saw her the other night uh, when I was sleeping. She was standing at the edge of the bed. And I was like, you didn't think to tell me? He was like, I don't know. I was like, that's important information. Anyway. <laughs> but no. Yeah. That was, that, was, that was one of the things that, mind you, there's a lot of stuff that happened up there. But that was like the most impactful thing I ever saw up there. 
Yeah. But there's a time. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you want to digest that real quick before I go on to the yeah. next. Well, no, it's similar to a shadow figure uh, encounter that I've recently had in this very room. Um, really? So this this room is now uh, is now my studio, but it was my bed, and my bed right was right here. It came out to pretty much to where I'm sitting right now, and the wall is literally right there. But you can see the door right that right here, and um, I always left it open, and so I've never really seen a shadow figure where I could tell like distinctive things about it. You know what I mean? So like you could tell that she was in a Victorian style dress and that it was a girl. And um, this shadow, I was laying in bed and I just hear Kevin. And I open my eyes and I'm just kind of like groggy. And this freaking thing is coming into my room. And the best way that I can describe that, the way that it was walking was like C3PO. And it was just like, you know, kind of like this, but it had long wavy curly hair. And um, I've never seen a shadow figure with like where I could tell like exactly how the hair looked. And I was in this paralysis and I couldn't move. And it's like coming towards my bed. And I'm just like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's coming. It's going to get me. It's going to get me. And I was like right. And I could see my phone out of the corner of my eye. And I'm looking at this thing. And I'm like trying to like I'm wiggling my fingers to try and grab my phone. I'm just like focus hyper focusing on my phone so i can grab it because i wanted to grab it and light the room up so i could see who this person was because i mean at the the very first instinct was that somebody was there that somebody was physically in my room and but at the same time like towards the back of my brain i'm like this is this is this is something that's fucking not real i mean well not of this um plane and it like just got to the foot of my bed like it was about to crawl onto my bed and i broke out of the paralysis grabbed my phone lit it up and there was nothing there and i was like heavy breathing like i had just ran a marathon and i had a hard time catching my breath and it just it scared the crap out of me but the way you described that shadow figure and the fact that she got a little aggressive and slammed on the uh, on the nightstand you know, because um, I never I only ever see before this uh, uh, incident, it was uh, they just they if I look at it, it just stood there. If I went towards it, it would dissipate or I would catch it, catch him out of the corner of my eye, just like darting from one room to the other. I've never actually had one come towards me before in my life. In my, and, and I've experienced shadow figures since i was like seven or eight like um, there's not a year that goes by that i don't at least experience see one of them one time so i just i just thought that the parallels between um your experience and my recent experience were um were were pretty similar and worth uh worth noting that yeah that's uh i never had any of them bum rush me before and now there's no chance of them ever getting that close so (laughs) are you struggling with a lack of access to captivating entertainment and media are you faced with constant judgment and ridicule from friends and family for your inability to respond appropriately to sensitive situations if this sounds like you you might be suffering from being emotionally dead inside 
but it's not too late to make a change. One Nothing Podcast is a newly available treatment for being dead inside. Taken just once every two weeks, One Nothing could make a world of difference. By combining carefully measured dark humor to the amazing original formula of grisly fatalities, One Nothing Podcast has successfully entertained thousands of people suffering from death inside. And with access across all podcast platforms, treatment has never been more readily available. But don't trust my word. Here's some real-world testimonials from a few of our listeners currently undergoing treatment. From consistent doses of One Nothing Podcast, my posture has greatly improved due to being kept on the edge of my seat. The One Nothing Podcast comes on, everybody be like, shut the f*** up. I be quiet, but when the episode's over, I be talking again. Oh my gosh, buddy. I used to be on so many medications for blood pressure. And then I listened to One Nothing Podcasts episode on Kitty Genovese, moved into an apartment on my own and haven't needed it since. That one really got my blood pumping. You know, listening to One Nothing Podcasts, I'm I'm not constipated anymore. I'm just full of shit. So what's stopping you from great entertainment? One Nothing Podcast is not intended for all audiences. Listeners under 18 years of age should obtain permission from your parent or guardian before downloading. Tell your therapist if you're predisposed to whining, complaining, leading podcasts poorly, being overall combative, or being easily offended, as One Nothing Podcast might not be right for you. So stop letting great content pass you by. Talk to your therapist today to see if One Nothing Podcast is right for you. No, but. not no, not with what you do. No, not at all. Yeah, especially with your wife being able to tell if something's there anyway. Yeah, um, but one of the um, I guess one of the I guess the final things I can tell you. Granted, there's stories for days, uh, but there's other things I want to talk to you about because I know the stuff that you're gonna find very interesting. Um, <laughs> and like I said, I think what I told you in the last episode that after all the stories I've told from the ranch, uh, people said, "Man, that was rival Skinwalker Ranch." And we, if you're in the paranormal, you know about Skinwalker Ranch. You know all the stories everyone's ever told. But the one thing that adds into the valerity of it, verity of it, learning, I'm saying the word right. Anyway, um, is we saw alien activity there as well on the ranch. Um, validity. Validity, that's the word. I'm trying to figure out, pull it out of my head. Um, while we were living up there in that uh, the, the, the concrete building, um, we had a friend who we worked with who was trying to get out of his parents' house. Um, and he said, hey, you think uh, you got any place to live? And I said, you know, it's funny. We have an extra room up the stairs area where we, we live with my grandparents. Let me talk to him. You see if you want to rent that room. And he's like, oh, cool. So I talked to our grandfather. He was like, okay, but he has to pay more. I was like, all right. Um, <laughs> and he uh, allowed him to stay up there. And then one of the evenings, granted, on the up- upstairs area, there's this little wooden porch area where you can sit with chairs and it has an open view of the entire, uh, not our property, but the neighbors, whoever lived over on the other side in the, uh, the woods and the open field area and stuff like that. So you had a good view of everything. And he would go out there and smoke. And I would just go out there to talk to him. We just, just hung out and talk at that, that spot on nights that we had both off. And um, one of the times, mind you, my back was to the open area. I was looking at him. He was sitting in a chair looking towards there. And he goes, what is that? And I turn around. And what we see are these three lights moving in perfect synchrony, like they're moving together, which you could chalk up to jets or something like that, or airplanes, but there was no air base within, I would say, 80 miles from our ranch. So 
what the hell? And they were just mm. moving. And all of a sudden, they, they slow down, and then they just, like, kind of, like, one moves and the other move, and they make a triangle. And that triangle moves together for a little bit, and then it, it almost slows down even more, and then shoots off and disappears. Wow. Yeah. Because we were staring at it for maybe a good 30, 40 seconds while that little was like moving and then it slowed and would do a triangle and shot off. Damn. Yeah. That's wild. I've never, ever in my life uh, seen anything that I could attribute to being other, uh, other, otherworldly uh spaceship or like you know i've never seen anything that i could say was like i saw ufos i saw alien stuff you know what i mean um but what so were you now you were said that you were in a ranch where do you guys have like um were you like in a mountainy area or was it like a flat plain they call it the hill country because okay. we have hills we don't have mountains um and it's very, it's like I said, very hilly. The, the highway roads go like this when you travel, yeah. stuff like that. We have a section of the of a highway we call the Devil's Backbone because it twists like this. And yeah. it's very elevated. Like the highest point of the hills is in that area. And it's the highway you take to go from, I guess, a Blanco area to get to San Marcos uh, from there. And th- what sucks is what I call it Devil's Backbone, not only because it twists, but they have a guardrail on the side of the area that basically has a very sheer cliff face that if you make a wrong turn or speed, you can go directly over this guardrail and then die because your car would roll and explode at the end of the bottom of the hill, uh, which has Gee. claimed the life of two high schoolers while I was in high school. Oh, we had to get to die driving down that road. Right. Not the only ones. Um, I think, Four or five years later, after I graduated, a friend who was still in town told me, "Oh yeah, three more kids died on that on Dale's backbone." Like what? It's like yeah, they were speeding. I think they were drunk and they kind of veered off and stuff like that. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like they either gotta make that highway wider or put a higher guardrail because people keep dying on that road. Yeah, but no, the ranch. Uh, it's it's not to say flat plain, but it, it's kind of like a little elevated. Where my my if there was a flood, my 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 tra- my dad's trailer now would be safe because it's so elevated up like a small hill. Um, and then the rest of the land, the rest of the property is kind of flat. And then uh, as you, it goes slight elevation up to where my uncle lives, way in the back area. But, you know, not really mountainous. It's like, called the hill country. Um, the way to get out there is, is uh, it takes a little bit. Like I said, it's in the middle of nowhere because it's right. this open property and just road. Nice. Yeah. So did what... Did you, what color lights were they? I can't remember if you, I don't recall you saying. White. Light. White. These here, my LED lights. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Wow, man. I, w- I kind of want to experience something like that a little bit, but at the same time, I don't because of things that can happen <laughs> when you see, when you see things like that. Um, but yeah, no, that's. That's super interesting. Was this the only time you saw something like that? No. <laughs> and nor was Damn, I the only person ever. Uh, there was one of these nights that I was driving home from work. And it was about four in the morning. And I got off early. And like I said, it's you go Highway 31 and you make a left 
and then you turn into a road, go over a bridge, go up a hill, make a left, make a right. And it's just after that point, there's no street lights, there's no street lamps. It's just open road, two lane highway or two lane road and nothing but land, open area land. So there's no lights out there whatsoever. So when I'm driving down this road and headed back to the house, I notice a ball of lights in the back of my car, like floating above the car, following me. And because I see in my rear view mm-hmm. mirror, I'm like, what the hell is that? I, for a second, I thought maybe the moon was really bright for some reason. But I look, and I just see this ball of light following me. I'm like, what the hell is that? And uh, <sighs> it just kept getting closer. And it was about hovering length, I would say maybe 30 feet in the air. But it was like low enough for me to see it in the rear view mirror. And it wasn't a car because it didn't have, like, a car would be direct, like, behind me. This was, like, above angle down because that's where the light was shooting. I remember speeding up, trying to get away from it, and it just kept following me. Uh, and it got up to the point where I think uh, there's this road area that goes, makes a dip into a creek, and you go up, and you make a straight, and you make a right onto the ranch. And at that point, it disappeared. The light was gone. Wow. Now, I remember talking to my mom uh, several months ago. And I was explaining some stuff because we're doing an upcoming episode called uh, uh, Lights in the Sky or uh, Light Anomalies episode. Mm. And this is a segment from it. She says, I tell her that story. And then she goes, oh, that sounds like something I experienced. And I go, what? And she tells me uh, when I was one or two, I think, uh, she was working at a Dairy Queen in town with my aunt. And they both lived on the ranch, which we didn't have the trailer then. Uh, this is when we were, we lived in the pink building, or the pink building, we called the pink building, the concrete building, um, where I stayed later on in my 20s. Uh, we were staying up there, me, my mom, uh, my dad, and we stayed up in one of the rooms. I think it was actually the room that I stayed in when I was in my 20s. Um, <laughs> we were staying up in there, and I think my mom was pregnant with my brother, my second youngest brother at the time. So this had to be before we moved to Missouri, because we lived in different states across the United States when I was young, because my dad was a VP of a construction company, so we kept moving. But um, she says that when she was driving home with my aunt, they noticed a ball of light following the car. Same way I described mine. Mind you, this is 89, or, yeah, 89. Um, <laughs> and they were following us. The light was following her down the road, and my aunt was freaking out. It's like, what is this thing? Why is it following us? And she said they, they was kept going, and then she actually got on the dirt road to go into our ranch, and she turned, my mom turned the headlights off. Maybe I can lose it in the darkness. Nope. This ball of light was following her home. And she says that she remembers taking the turn to get onto the ranch and then waking up the next day. She has what? no recollection of dropping my aunt off at the house, getting out of the car, going into the bed and going to sleep. No memory at all. All she remembers is making the turn, oh, snaps, waking up the next bro. Time. Your yeah. brother is an alien. <laughs> <laughs> that, I'm sorry to tell you this. <laughs> That's what I told her. It's like, Mom, that is like 90% of abduction, abduction stories. When people yeah. talk about abducted by aliens, they always talk about not remembering anything and waking up the next day in their own beds. Yeah, so, that's I don't know. Wild. I mean, really different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that's wild. That is some wild stuff, man. Woo! I don't ever want to. So I, I drove like two miles past the road that I have to take to get to work recently, 
and I was talking about it to uh, Shane from Inquiries of Our Reality, and uh, maybe it wasn't him, but I don't know. I'm pretty sure it was him. And he's like, you think you ever experienced missing time? I was like, well, I don't know. Sometimes when I'm stressed out, like, I feel like I just, like, miss stuff. Like, because I drive for work, too. And sometimes I'll just, like, be spaced out. And I'll be like, I'll turn my head at just at this time where I know that I was supposed to turn. But, like, not a couple, like, weeks ago, um, I was two miles past uh, where I was supposed to turn. And it... um so I was all the way down by this Walmart and like, I just, I just looked up at the sign for Walmart and I was just like, huh? And like not even thinking of it. And then I double took at the sign. I was like, where the fuck am I? <laughs> you know, two my I was like five, almost 10 minutes away from where I had to turn. And I just was just like, <laughs> but I, I mean, I didn't see any lights or anything, so I can't say that it was like an abduction thing. I think it was just like stress and complacency, to be honest with you. But um, it, no. but with your mom, with your mom seeing the light and then not remembering anything after, like dropping your aunt off and then getting home herself, like that's that's what it sounds like. But and I told her about that, and she was like, "I don't." She, granted, she's not a real big believer in the paranormal stuff like that. Um, or supernatural things, but she said she didn't feel any different the next day whatsoever. Um, but when you say that my brother could be an alien, there's some evidence to prove you're right. Um, oh, shit. <laughs> out of all my siblings, mind you, I'm the oldest of four. So I have a younger, two younger brothers and a younger sister. Uh, all of us, right, see my hair color, black hair, right? Same as my father. Same as my mother, dark. Well, my mother had light brown, but my father had dark brown, and we all got his hair. Dark black, dark uh, dark brown, black hair, dark brown, black hair. Each of my siblings, except my second youngest brother, the one that he was pregnant with my mom at the time. He was born with blonde hair. My sister was born with blonde hair, too. That is so weird. Because uh, my, right. my, my mom has dark brown, and my dad has black. I have black hair. My younger brother has black hair, but my sister was born blonde. And she's like, uh, she's more brown now. But when we were kids, she was like blonde and dirty blonde. And I always thought it was weird. But anyways, go on. Striking blonde hair to a point where my mom was like, "Uh, you sure you gave me the right kid? Wow, that blonde, huh? (laughs) Because she's like, this doesn't make any sense, right? (laughs) Yeah. No, Gabriel Sanchez, this is him. I was like, and she was like, all right. <laughs> Granted, we look alike. He looks like my dad when he was younger, so it, it all worked out. And yeah. like my hair color, right, this this dark color and stuff like that, same as me now. He has his hair darkened over time as he got older. But there's a picture of us when he's like one and I'm like two and a half, and we don't look like brothers, right? You get this blonde-haired kid next to this black-haired kid. Right, and it doesn't make any sense. Like these other brothers, like no way. Right? <laughs> um, and he's he's very tall and lanky, right? Very wiry, very skinny, long fingers, long limbs, stuff like that. Um, and me and my other brother, granted, both my younger brothers are taller than me, which is not fair at all. Uh, <laughs> I'm the shortest, and I'm the oldest. But my second youngest brother, he's six four. My second youngest, the one he's possibly an alien, he's six foot. I'm five ten. Um, but the six four brother, he uh, looks like me. Like we look like brothers. Like we have the same face. Granted, he's a lot taller and bigger than I am. Um, 
my sister looks like my mother. But yeah, it didn't it didn't make any sense why he was born blonde hair. But we we figured it is is that, or at least scientifically, only we could figure it out is that the Mexican race, which I am, uh, is half Spaniard, half indigenous, and mm-hmm. we thought maybe there was some Spanish bloodline down that came out and made his hair blonde when he was born and it darkened over time, which has been other cases of that happening is very rare, but it, it does happen. So we just chalked it up to that and didn't think anything more of it. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> uh, your mom may have been abducted and then your brother yeah. comes out with strikingly blonde hair. <laughs> like yeah. oh, that is some blonde hair for uh two black haired uh, parents. Oh my God. That's, that's hilarious. That's a funny story. And, um, and I know you, I know some people are probably thinking when I listen to this episode, does your brother have any abilities like me? No. I was uh, just, you yeah. know what? I was just going to ask if any of your siblings, uh, did. No. And none of them do. Well, my sister, she thinks she does. I don't know if she puts more effort into it. Granted, she doesn't really care much about it. Um, she thinks she has premonitions in her dreams, or she has the ability to travel her dreams. Mm, astral, like she, she. Well, not that she. She fully can lucid dream on command. Huh. No shit. Yeah. That's interesting. But no, none of my siblings show any signs of psychic abilities whatsoever. My mother kind of has somewhat of intuition, or at least she knows that when someone's there, like spirit-wise, she can feel their presence. Um, but like I said, she's very religious and never talked to any of the psychic abilities. Um, so she never put much time and effort into, you know, gaining or strengthening those abilities whatsoever. My father's line, uh, no, to his knowledge, no, anybody being psychic or medium or showing any kind of abilities or anything like that, as far as he knows. Uh, mm. so there's, I, it's a mystery of my bloodline to figure out like how, why am I with my ability so powerful and yet no one in my entire bloodline shows anything else. That so, is interesting. That is interesting. And it's a big mystery. Who knows? I might have a great, great grandmother who is like a powerful shaman that was shunned by the family because she was a bruja. So we don't know. <laughs> you have to, you have to, uh, try and look into the family history. Maybe. I don't know. That's if you want to, you don't, obviously you don't have to do anything that you don't want to do. So, um, well, I have tried. Um, as far as Ancestry.com can take me. Yeah. But, Did you uh, do the DNA thing or no? Not yet. It costs too much money for just to find information out like that. Like, I wait till they have yeah. a deal. But, uh, but I found out, I think when I was 30, that I have uh, Native American in me. Uh, more than people claim to have, let's say. Uh, my great-grandfather, my mother's grandfather, was 100% Chitao Native. Nice. And my great-grandmother was uh, Spanish, which that is the formula of all Hispanics and Latinos, is that we're half indigenous to the lands that the Spaniards conquered, and of course half Spanish. So, the same mix-up, just a different area. Um, yeah. You know, but... Well, I always so like, because um, I'm part Native, too, and I've always felt like, technically, it was like the same bloodline as, like, Spanish, like they look, we all look the similar. I feel like, like all like indigenous tribes and stuff, they all look similar to, um, you know, people in Mexico and 
and uh, of Hispanic descent and all that stuff. Like, I feel like they all look similar. And and my my, I mean, maybe I'm just, maybe I'm a little retarded, but you know, that I've always felt like they they all look similar. But then again, there are like um, uh, like Cubans that are like super white, <laughs> but but they're Cuban, so that's a little weird. Um, but well, yeah, I just wanted to throw that out there. If you met real Spaniard Spanish people, majority of them are European. And they have very white, distinctive features. So uh, the Europeans that came over from uh, Spain okay. at the conquering weren't the same color as as me. So uh, they they are most likely white. Hence, why you get a lot of Hispanics in different shades. Uh, yeah, from like a lot that of makes of white, like almost no black. <laughs> and that has that to do makes, with mixing. That makes sense when you say it like that. Yeah. Well, I did a little studying on Hispanic histories and stuff like that when I was younger. Just because I wanted to know more, but yeah, and we'll know good. more about the child part of me, because uh, it's like ten percent if I'm mixing everything right. But I'm still like half indigenous, half Spaniard. Uh, the the mix is still there, and the indigenous part and the Mexico part would have to be Aztec, just from where my family originates from is northern Mexico. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting too. Um, there. How long has it been since, since as the like the Aztec? Um, what? Empire. <laughs> yes, there we go. <laughs> how long do you know how long that's been since uh, that was there? You gotta remember, Columbus just well didn't discover nothing. He uh, no he came didn't. across uh, Puerto Rico uh, in fourteen ninety two. And uh, spread it from there, and then went to North America from that direction on. It was Cortez who was the general at the time, or captain, whatever his military degree was. He was in charge. Who went further south? He went to Mexico, and then Cortez's brother took over South America, except for Brazil. That was the only country he couldn't conquer. All the surrounding countries he did, but he couldn't take care of Brazil. The, the Chanca tribe was very ruthless. Almost as ruthless as the Aztec, but the Chancas uh, didn't get wiped out by disease like the Aztecs and the Mayans did. And that's what really won the Spaniards the fight. The Spaniards had swords, cannons, guns. The Aztecs had wooden swords with, granted, uh, obsidian pointed edges that could chop the head off a horse and their own distinctive battle plans of the area. But they only lost by a smidgen, even being you know riddled with disease. So that showed how powerful the Aztecs were when it came to warfare. But that was around the late 1500s, and about the 1600s to the 1700s, uh, the Aztecs started being integrated with the Spaniards and stuff like that, and then losing all identity of who they actually were. And the Aztec Empire crumbled and was kind of destroyed uh, because the main city in Mexico City, that the major pinpoint of the Aztec Empire was was uh, demolished, and a church was built on top of it. <laughs> Fucking churches. Let's just yeah. build the church on everything. Just oh, a man. And then no one no one ever speaks Aztec. You find some people who still speak Aztec in Mexico. You have to go to some rural places to find people who still speak it. But uh, Spanish is the number one language in the entire Mexico to South America, except for Brazil, because they were conquered by the Portuguese. Yeah, little history 
for people listening. <laughs> <laughs> trying to free your mind, but I can only show you the door. You're the one that has to walk through it. And by walking through it, my friends, head on over to www.deeperdown.store. There you will find some sick-ass threads. AI-inspired art on t-shirts, hoodies, flip-flops and cups, and motherfucking tote bags. I promise you, my friends, if you follow the rabbit, you will not be disappointed. You can also find underscore, underscore, down the dot rabbit hole underscore underscore on Instagram he has thousands of followers and he shows you deep down the rabbit hole on conspiracies hauntings and cryptids I highly recommend you subscribe for $2.99 a month also check out his store. Upon checkout, enter code KevinsWeird18. There, my friends, you will get 18% off of your purchase. So please, I highly recommend and suggest to you to go check out his store. David is a good friend, and he deserves the utmost respect, and I wish him nothing but success. But this is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill, the story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. <laughs> I like it, man. I like it. I love history. History is my favorite thing. Uh, my daughter was just talking about it. I just picked them up because they don't have school tomorrow. Tomorrow's Veterans Day. Um, so I picked them up tonight and uh, she was talking about her history class and she's learning about things that are racist. And I was like, what? The, what? And she goes, yeah, my teacher was talking to us about mascots and some other thing, some other picture thing. That, um, and they were talking about why it's racist. And I was like, that doesn't sound like history. You're not learning history. You're learning about things being racist. You're learning how to react to things. You know what I mean? Like that she's just teaching you how, like what you're supposed to do. I was like, look, look, you're not, we can't change the world. People are always going to think certain things about certain groups of people. And that's just the way it is. It's just a matter of them acting on it. Like if we can, if they can still be decent people, 
then that's like that's how how a, a way forward at least but people are always going to be judgmental no matter what um the best thing that we can do is show love to everybody um so and that's that's what i told her i was like but it doesn't sound like you're learning any history so should i say something or not i'm probably not gonna say anything because um <laughs> i don't want my daughter singled out for me saying something anyway um well, but it, i just i don't know I, I love history well that's the thing with the more history you learn and from different aspects you, the more you realize that the stories that we were told when we were young everything is almost bullshit the history yeah. of the country, how it was created, so-called heroes that we were told to worship are all evil pieces of crap, especially Columbus. He was probably one of the worst in history. Um, yeah. Puerto Rico, the tribe natives are there. The natives that were on Puerto Rico were so peaceful that their weapons were made of wood so they didn't kill their enemies. That's why they were easily conquered by Columbus, who saw these people and good. Oh, good. This is this is going to be easy. We can enslave these people overnight. Wow. Yeah. And then Cortez. Have you read Have you read pieces of his uh, journal that were out there? Because I haven't, but I've heard people that have, and that's essentially what you just said was was what he wrote down in his journal. <laughs> There's a, there's a book I read called 1491, uh, The Americas Before Columbus. And you learn by reading it that there were so many tribes. There were so many natives, indigenous people across the entire North America and South America regions that almost built up into the hundreds of millions of people. Uh, almost in the billions of, of civilizations all living together. And now majority of Native, Native American people are less than... 0.5% of the population and Hispanics have been marked knocked down to less than uh, less than 500 million when we had over that, and I think too the answer again before I go for I'm going off on a tangent talking about this <laughs> it pisses me off the more you learn about it but yeah, one thing true. I guess say about, about the Aztec Empire is that people think Mexico is like, oh, you guys are a bunch of like savages and stuff like that. No, the Aztec Empire was just as civilized and technologically advanced as the Greeks were. They had their own aqueducts. They had their own shops. They had their own mm -hmm. laws. They had their own government. They had everything the Greeks did. But yet the Greeks get all the glory for being so civilized and technologically advanced with math and science. Aztecs had it too. They had everything except they were conquered. By the Spanish, it's a disease more than anything. Yeah, and but, and they're the gods that they, their their religion is looked as as like a evil religion, you know. Too, I've heard at least that's in um, since I started this podcast, I've come across people saying, um, "Well, actually, no, I saw it in in a movie um, where they claim that the Aztec were worshiping like um, demonic entities." So, not that that's true. I'm not saying that's true. That's not what, at all what I'm saying. There's a lot of when people say there's a lot of equivalence with between gods and the story of creation and how you know you had this story and this story always seem to be almost repeating themselves in regions of the world. Like the oh, same yeah. stories told, regardless of the location, right? You can have almost the same particular god, like the Aztecs. They had a sun god. The Egyptians had a sun god, and they were on other sides of the world. Mm -hmm. They had the same idea. Exactly. And they had, but they had um, no way of talking to each other. 
Yeah, right. And they had um, fucking Pyramids. pyramid. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sitting here That's making the symbol for it. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't think of the word. Yeah. Uh, but that but, jumps um, into conspiracy theory that aliens have been visiting humanity for a long time. And the same story was told in two different parts of the world. Um, that, absolutely. Which I am not, I'm not 100% behind it, but I'm 100% behind the idea of something powerful enough to be called an alien or God to come down to humanity and kind of guide the way around. Yeah, I well, I know, I'm pretty sure that I know what happened and how they built the pyramids, like for sure. So, um, what happened was that gravity wasn't invented yet because Sir Isaac Newton wasn't alive. Um, so like these big ass stones could just float on these boats and they could just pick them up and you know stack them and they made the pyramids. So <laughs> that's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> That's a joke. Don't take me serious. <laughs> I was like, I'm waiting for the punchline. <laughs> uh, shit, son. So, uh, before we get too lost on uh, history and stuff, so you developed something new with your ability. Like I said in the last episode, every time I met with a challenge, I evolved to meet it, match it next time it happens. But mm-hmm. what's new is extremely interesting. Now, I remember last I talked about how my tendrils that leave my hand to wrap around an entity to pull it closer to me electrify. And not only do they electrify, they can spin, creating a somewhat of a vortex to kind of pull multiple entities at one time. And I can do this over a, a location, an entire area. Um, I encountered, well, before I talk about that, what I like to do for fun sometimes is swipe through TikTok and find lives. And if someone's investigating on a live, right, I'll reach into the location, pull whatever's dark there, and then keep moving on. It's like practice for me. I just that's how I practice or flex or work out my muscles. <laughs> yeah. And um sometimes psychics do lives and I'll, I'll reach into their location excuse me to see if they're legit or not. Because there's two reasons why something evil would be in a psychic's home or so-called psychic. And this is a shot at them and all the charlatans out there. If I reach into your location, I pull something dark. There's two reasons why. One, you're using that dark entity to power yourself up to use your psychic abilities, which has been stories of that happening uh, throughout history. Or you're not psychic at all because any psychic with a moderate amount of ability would notice something that dark in their home. And you're a true charlatan. Mm. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, which I call them out on, on their TikTok, and some of them don't even see it, so it doesn't matter. But uh, <laughs> hey, I, take, <laughs> I take away their source, so they have no idea, or at least take away danger to them. But one, this, one of the times, this guy was doing a TikTok live, and he was showing off uh, a statue of Zeus with a statue of Artemis next to it. And I was like, ooh, this is interesting. I've never seen anyone do talk about Greek stuff here, so I, I tuned in and listened. And he talked about how Zeus was contacting him and talking to him and stuff like that. And I was thinking, that can't be 100%, right? Zeus is not around anymore. So let me yeah. reach in to his live, and I pull something dark, and that almost looked like it was made of gold electricity. Strange. Pull yeah. it out from his location, put it in the ring. I talked to it. What it looked like was a demon in Greek attire with yellow lightning wrapped around it. 
Because when I grabbed it and tried to electrify it to get information out of it, like torturing it, it was getting stronger. I was like, holy crap, I can't do that. So basically, I just, I thought to myself, can I pull electricity off of it? And I did. I pulled it and absorbed it into myself, the electricity that I was surrounding him. And it attached to my tendrils, giving a slight yellow yarn, very thin string kind of thing around my red and blue electricity tendrils in each hand. I was like, what the hell is this? Like a powerful electricity building. And what was left over was just a shadow. The lights went out again. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't this happen last time? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the lights just go out. <laughs> Around the same marker right. time, too. Yeah, time yeah. lengths. Jeez, <laughs> uh, I had to, I charged it like forever last, the other night, but sorry about that. That's right. Um, was left with just a shadow. So I was like, okay, I took its elemental ability away. And that's what made me think, is this an elemental ability of an entity that I can take? I don't know. I had to think more on it. So one of the other lives, some guy was, uh, some chick, psychic chick, was just talking about some stuff. So I reached into her, her life, and I pull something that's very fast and red, like zipping by, like an insect almost. Yeah, lo and behold, in the ring, I checked it. It was like a red bug with red electricity around it that was just zipping around, moving fast. I grab it, and I pull the red electricity off of it and absorb it into my tendrils. And now my tendrils can spin super fast, like lightning speed fast, and create a power powerful vortex. The electricity fires out of my hands at faster speeds. I can pull things a lot quicker. Like everything like, went from like 60 to 100, like speed abilities. Vroom, right? Next thing I take, me and my wife were doing an episode on the Alaskan Triangle, which if you haven't found out about yet, I was just looking into that because that's a very interesting topic after we learned about it. And she remote viewed into the location just to see what's around. Like I said, her one of her main abilities is remote viewing. She goes to the location and she comes back with something uh, that, remember like I talk about the body bag thing. Oh, one fun fact is that I built in her mind forest, because I can build things in people's mind forests. I built in her mind forest a giant two-story, about 50 yards wide, uh, 50 yards, about 10 feet wide, about 30 feet long, giant metal holding cell, right? Mm-hmm. With bars about big as my body around uh, on the top. Like, you have to be at least... I don't know, nine or ten feet tall to look inside, just how tall it is. And there's no door. The only way to open it is with my tendrils that embed themselves into the front and then spin like a, a safe door, and then it opens up and I can get whatever's inside. I built that so anything she remote views, it brings back with her, she can just throw in there, and I'll come get it later with it without running around freeing her mind force. One of the things she took back from the Alaskan Triangle was... It looked like a Native American person, all white, with black eyes, wearing a white hooded long cloak thing. But there was like bison horns on the top of the, the hood. And it was very misty and almost like it was made of air, right? Very wind wispy and wh- like air, like how a real ghost looks like. Or at least how they've been depicted anyway. And I pull it from her mind force. I put it in the ring and I pull the air ability off of it. And what's left over was just a black shadow. And when I notice now, I can spin a tornado of red lightning inside my hand, of wind. 
And I was like, oh, cool. Now I can spin an actual tornado vortex, sucking everything in a location up into my hand. Nice. Um, next thing I added was this element, uh, elemental entity that looked like it was made of fire. Not fire, per se. Like how the sun looks. How the sun's liquid fire looks like. How a sun flare looks. Like that, that kind of fire design, but it's not quite fire. It looked like it was made of that. I pulled that off. Now my tendrils not only electrify, spin, can create a tornado, but ignite like flame as well. The next thing I take, uh, which I'll talk about a little bit later, because we actually were allowed, because we're actually people who were fans of the show, uh, who are Marines, because you got the Marine base right here, Camp Lejeune, right? Literally mm -hmm. less than a throwing distance from my house. Uh, and they invite us to go on the base and investigate. And so we did. And the base itself is like an entire city untapped. Like no one has investigated it. No shaman, no witch, no paranormal investigators have gone to the location to encounter anything. It's like an entire city untouched by anybody. Wow. And we were the first ones to go there. So but That's it took dope. us to this Yeah, it took us to this lake that all the teenager kids go to just to hang out and basically be away from their parents. Um and supposedly Marine drowned in that lake. Uh, so oh, no we were shit. standing in front of it, and I'm like, what's... And I, I reach my tendrils into the water, and it, they start going down deeper and deeper and deeper. I asked them, how deep is this lake? Oh, it's like they said there's a point in the center of it where it goes down very deep that no one's ever seen the bottom of. So I reach my tendrils down. What I find is a shadow figure looked like it was wearing a suit, like a like almost like an astronaut suit of water. But the water looked like how water looked like in zero gravity. Like it was undulating around him. And when I grabbed him, because when I could see what I saw was a guy going, no, I can't do it. No, yeah. Like, like, just like distraught and distressed. And I grab it, I pull it out and put it in the ring. And I pull the water suit ability off of him, just leaving a shadow figure behind, which now I assume, or at least I speculate that that might have been the entity that pulled Marine down and drowned him. Because Marines don't drown. Not by, not that easily, anyway. Uh, that made me think that he might have got pulled down by this entity. That one might have killed him. And I pulled a water ability off, and now, not only can I ignite, electrify, spin like wind, I can create ice with the wind and water at the same time. Like, freeze entities. As wow. Much as I can. Like, That's, so, so you got, like, all the... Elements, pretty much. Except for Earth, which I can't really think of needing it, but I didn't think I need water, and now I have it, so. Um, <laughs> yeah, it seems I can take the elemental ability off an entity uh, if they have it, which I don't encounter a lot of that. I don't Most dark entities I encounter, most demons I encounter, are just black masses, shadows, yeah. uh, Darks like just like that. They don't have any distinctive features other than that, or like Hubble demons. What we notice is that they have almost designs in their skin, like tattoos. And the higher the rank you're a demon, the more designs they have in their skin. Kind of like a gang. The more people you kill, the higher you are in the gang, the more tattoos you have. Kind of the same thing associates. Yeah. But no, that's interesting. That's one of the new abilities. But one of the cool things that I did that I learned or figured out anyway. Yeah, um, we tried this out at the park. That's 
that we investigated a couple times. I told you about it. We saw like the witches' brooms there. And I saw the mm-hmm. light anomaly in the sky. Uh, we went there, and we were, I was going to try out this new experiment of mine. So what I did is using my tendrils, I almost speared into the ground three points of energy, like a triangle. One to my corner left, one to my corner right, and the one directly in front of me. And I used both hands connecting between the three points, all my tendrils, to generate a vortex in the center of it to pull everything in the entire area with more more efficiency. That was the whole point of it. And we, I tried this. And when I tried it out, granted, it was a little stormy that day because it rained earlier in the morning. But towards the evening, it was fine. And the wind was kind of picking up every now and then, but not continuous. We got a few gusts of wind every now and then. But when I did this, I concentrated and I pulled everything up at once. Uh, the wind kicked up to almost a like hurricane level amount of wind. And it felt like the wind was blowing from underneath my arms as I was doing this. And then when I thought I had everything accumulated in that one spot in the center, I reached with my right hand and grabbed whatever dark energy was there. There wasn't a lot left over because we already been to this place a couple times before and kind of wiped everything out. But there's still enough for me to grab. And I did. What's interesting is that I didn't know this when it was happening to me in the moment. But I was wearing a body cam because we like record that stuff. And what you hear on the body cam is you hear the wind kick up, blowing heavily, hurricane-level winds, for the time that I'm doing this, and then it just shuts off. The second I grab with the right hand, the wind just goes So hurricane-level winds, and then I I grab, shuts off. And we have this footage you can go see on Hidden in the Shadows Paranormal Instagram page. And you can hear... that's a plug. <laughs> you can hear the wind kick up and then shut off the second I grab. Which oh is good man, that's amazing! Thing. Yeah, and I was like, I didn't, I didn't think I was affecting the weather that way when I was doing it, but when we watched the footage back, I was. That's interesting. Definitely yeah, have it, to go check check that out. I call it the triangle pool. Now or the three spirit <laughs> pool. That's awesome, man. That's friggin' that's pretty cool. Um, man, uh, I, so I sent you, um, somebody that needed, needed your help and she ended up, uh, messaging me right after saying how amazing you were and that she actually could see what you were doing. Um, yes, you commented on that. Nobody else is, has ever seen, been able to actually visualize what you were doing. So, um, she was beside herself that you were able to help but she was also worried that you might might have taken like her good spirits <laughs> she's like because when she's tell she was telling me all these stories and um her name's angel uh she's been on uh she was on a few episodes ago actually probably maybe past 10 by now but uh for everybody listening it's it was angel uh, she's been experiencing more stuff since her she's been on um and she was talking to me about it and i was just like listen like she because she was she sounded scared to me and i was like listen there's this guy um he's episode 50 i don't know if you ever heard of him um but his name's isaac he has a um you know he has a podcast and i gave gave her your instagram handle and i was like just tell him what's happening tell him i sent you and 
um, he can he'll he'll help you. I promise you he'll help you. And then it was right after you helped her, she was like, "Oh my God, that was so amazing!" But she's like, "I don't want him to take." Before she reached out to you, she's like, "I don't want him to take any of my good experiences." And I was like, "Well, if anything is there, genuinely for good, he's not gonna. He's only gonna be going after the dark, the darkness." So, um, so I first of all, I want to thank you for doing that for her. No, there's no problem. That's it's what I do. It's what I've been doing is try to give people what I could, well, what I can never have. And that's peace. Uh, peace of mind, peace uh, from dark entities, peace from consistent torment. Not saying I'm being tormented, but I'm always a target, especially after doing what I've been doing for the last three years now. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, she was an interesting case. It, it was strange as too, because like I said, uh, she'll probably, because she said she was coming back to your show correct yeah she, uh, january or february i believe is where where we were thinking because i'm i, I i'm booked up in into january so that's good uh but she'll probably tell you from her own perspective but what was interesting is that when i was taking stuff from her home uh which was three and i think i, I found a portal i closed as well um in the attic that's right up upstairs was it the attic or the outside i can't remember exactly where she said but, she said she mentioned something about the attic when she was on too so th- that's probably yeah. you're probably right this is another guy that i helped who looked like uh um the singer from red Hot chili peppers who i helped out recently had the same situation um but she was the first person to ever see something get taken when i was pulling it which is extremely interesting because I've helped out psychics and I've helped out mediums who are very clairvoyant, but never saw anything. But she saw the shadow sitting on her couch and then almost like it was being like pulled directly at her into her phone when I was taking it. And she was like, holy crap. I was like, what? What, what happened? Right in the way what I did. She goes, I just saw you take it. I'm like, what? She goes, yeah, I saw it go towards me into the phone. I'm like, oh, well, you're the first person ever to see that. It's like, oh my gosh. Um, yeah, because after that, she was like, she believed 100% what I was doing. I thought she was on the fence before while I was taking stuff away, but she saw that. I'm like, oh, yeah, holy crap. Um, no, I, after I think I took everything, I cleared out her mind force, which her main spirit guide, I don't know if she cares enough if I tell anybody, but um, was, a, was, a, was a wizard. Like a wizard from the medieval times. Right? Nice. Yeah. Um, had a staff, had like a hood thing. like Almost like, yeah, like a wizard. That's what it looked like to me. Um, and, uh, I remember I had my wife, one of the, not a newer Billy, cause she's been doing it for a while, but she's gotten more proficient with it now. She puts down a protective spell, a permanent one that I'm pretty sure no one can break. No witch on earth, I'm pretty sure can break it. That's how powerful this protective symbol spell on the ether she puts down on someone's home. Because when she puts it down, that's it. There's nothing they're ever going to be able to come back there again. Um, so all dark entities gone from her location forever. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah. That's amazing, man. That is amazing. Um, so... Um... I don't think I have any. I don't think I have any questions because you just like you're so you're so easy to uh, uh, to 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 basically interview because you kind of like just give you the answers 
that would be asked as well as while you're while you're speaking. So which makes it fun to just sit here and listen. Um, but I a lot of your experiences, especially when you were uh, younger, like I do 100% believe that was a Bigfoot. Um, the freaking white person, <laughs> the white person is probably the, the white person and the, and the little shadow girl. Those were, those probably scare me the most. The Bigfoot thing doesn't really, um, but like, oh man, I would have been so scared um especially of the little shadow girl just because i i know how i felt seeing my recent shadow person uh well friends i need you to take a second head on over to www fineartmedia.com Emily is a medium a working medium at that she does readings and she's artsy she does graphic design so if you're in the market for a logo because maybe you're starting a business maybe you're even starting a podcast and you need your logo needs met. Emily is who you want to reach out to. I promise you, you won't be disappointed in her artwork. I also know that if you need a reading, past life regression, this medium, not only is she compassionate, she's extremely intelligent. She will get your needs met. You can go onto her website. You can see all of her reviews. I promise you, my friends, you won't be disappointed in this. So give her your time if you're in the need for it. She made a couple of my t-shirt designs, and we're working on a comic book. So if you have graphic design needs, Check her out. As always, my friends, stay weird. Um, but uh, basically, I guess we'll just we'll wrap it up here because I don't know when. I know it said two hours, but I don't know if it'll shut me up. I don't know, but um. If you have anything well, else to uh, to say, we'll just uh, I'll give you the opportunity now before um, before we wrap it up. No, I was, I was looking at my notes because I was trying to think of things that I haven't talked to you about from the last episode, and one of them that I mentioned uh, was seeing a gnome. Oh yeah, that's right. You mentioned that. God damn it! I freaking had that in my head. You know when I told you when I scheduled this freaking uh, part two, and I completely forgot about it. Oh yeah, because you said it right at the end before we said goodbye, and I was like, I need to hear that. So let's go, man. <laughs> let's hear this story. I'm so intrigued by anything like 
that is out of the normal uh, talk when it comes to paranormal and stuff and gnomes and uh, fairy lore and all that stuff is a little bit um, less discussed. So please, t- <laughs> please tell me. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, like I said, I, I've encountered demons on a daily basis. I've taken down some of the most dangerous ones. Encounter dark spirits, seen doppelgangers, talked to Cheshire faced demons, talked to all different forms of dark entities, took down the Native American spirit called Amarok. Uh, like it's dark, dark entities and of the supernatural is a, is a common occurrence for me. Aliens, not so much. Cryptids, probably just as rare. Because uh, granted, we do investigate the woods a lot and have never heard anything out there that would be classified as a cryptid. But um, the first time I saw anything of the Fey folk. I never cared too much to look into investigate it, to even research it. We did do episode on the Fae and stuff like that, which are brought up the whole the whole gnome situation. But what the gnome thing happened here, where I live right now, and it literally outside my window in this direction. <laughs> uh, wow. I go to the gym at night because I want to avoid less people as people as possible, and I want to be able to use the machines that are having the weight. So. I would go like 11 o'clock at night to the gym at nighttime, stuff like that. And we have a porch light out here and that illuminates majority of the front yard. And then we got the street because I live inside the city. And I remember going out one night towards the car and I see something that looks like a bird flying underneath the car and then stay under there. And I was going, crap, I need to get that bird out there. I'll run it over. So I flashed the light underneath the car to make it shoo and there's nothing under there. Nothing left from either side. It just, like, it looked like a bird, but it was really low to the ground. Go underneath the car and disappear. All right, whatever. Go to the gym. Come back an hour later, probably midnight or so. And I get out of the car, and what I see is just the shadow of it peeking around one of the bushes that are in front of my house, in front of the window, and just doing, like, this number, right? See the little hat? Right, standing maybe standing maybe six inches tall, six or seven inches tall, peek around, and I could see like the little coat, the fucking pointy hat, but it was all shadow. But I could see like the designs of it, and just peek around the corner. And like, what the fuck? I thought in my head that it was like maybe my her, her my wife's grandmother who we we live with, uh, sorry, lives with us, uh. Had something out there that like she put some kind of like little gnome figure in or something. Oh, I thought I thought you were gonna say you thought <laughs> thought it was her peeking around the. I was gonna say is she that small. <laughs> no. no, I thought maybe she put like a gnome figure out there, or something that was like maybe leaning over or caught in the wind. Yeah. So I run over there with my 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 phone light, and I think I I got maybe like three steps, uh, three or four feet away, and flashed the flashlight, and there was nothing there. Nothing around the bush, nothing in the area. I didn't hear anything run. There's nothing there. And I was like, oh, what the shit? What's going on? And I remember walking inside and told my wife, I saw a fucking gnome outside. She goes, what? I'm like, a gnome. It's like, what are you talking about? A gnome? Like from the little figure? Like, yeah. It's like, she's like, like from the fae folk and fairies? Like, yeah. She goes, where? And I went out there and I showed her and she's like looking around. Like, I don't know. It's like, that's, that's weird, right? Thing is, she saw one too. Before or after? After. Oh, shit, son. This was about a year after that. She was outside with my son, and it was dusk-ish. It was was still light out enough for her to see. 
And what she saw was something that looked like a gnome, the same little hat, same clothes, but it was the clothes were black. And she did, she remembers it was weird because she could see the skin of it, its skin and hair. And it looked like it was inside the bush near the front of the the, uh, the, 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 the yard or the tree next to this is a bush and there's a tree. And she said it looked like it was inside the bush standing in there behind it, watching her. And she freaked out because she stared at it like harder. And when she looked at it harder, she like walked around the tree to see if like it was an optical illusion or something. But when she walked close to the tree and looked around, there was nothing there. What she was looking at was gone. Damn, son. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, it, it freaks me out. It, I'm, I'm how, one of the days I feel like if I come home late at night and we're standing at the front door trying to unlock the door and I hear, human. <laughs> <laughs> Not one of us. (laughs) Uh, So, how long ago was that 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 incident where your your wife saw it? She saw it about a year ago. What I saw was about two years ago. This is like maybe this is like I don't know. Early twenty twenty one. Yeah. Yeah. When I saw it, same, same house you're in right now. Yeah. Interesting. Um, well, I hope they're not evil. <laughs> I think so. Uh, yeah, I don't know like... that there's 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 talk about you know fey folk and and stuff like that being actually evil, and they're that they're they're there for the children. So um, obviously, when you saw yours, you didn't have your kid with you. You were go- going to the gym. Uh, but yeah. she did, so I'm almost wondering if they were like watching you leave so that they could watch your child. Was your child uh, uh, born um, the time that you saw it? Yeah, he was. He was. He's seven now, so he's been like five at the time. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Um, That's interesting. Yeah. I always. And... Wait, what you saying? I always, I always find this. Uh, I. I find the faith, the faith folk and, you know, gnomes and all that stuff. I think it, well, I think it all falls under that category of faith folk, but I think those stories are the most interesting, um, mainly because um, I think I went to um, another realm when I was a kid for like a minute or, or two. Um, I, I think I've, told the story a few times on this podcast but i basically saw a village of uh, mushroom people and that's like that's like the whole like same like category there's you know fairies gnomes mushroom people but i haven't really heard anybody else have um an encounter with mushroom people and i've been looking so but i was just on um the confessionals and he was saying that he found um some like mushroom the only place that he found mushroom people were in Dungeons and Dragons. And I was like, out of all places, I was like, you know, if I would have played that game, I would probably have known, known this, but, (laughs) um, yeah, I just, there's, there's books on fate folk and, oh man, I just, and it's always, it always has to do with children though. So, and when I experienced what I experienced, I was a child. Um, and I wore glasses back then. I don't, so I don't know how much of the show that you listen to, 
Um, cause I know that last time you were on, you had mentioned that you listened to a couple episodes, but, hmm. um, I had glasses. And then once I had this experience, they told me that I didn't need my glasses. And then my sister stepped on my glasses, broke my glasses, and then I had to go get re reevaluated and I never needed glasses ever since my doctor was like, maybe keep them for reading and watching TV. But he goes, your eyes are fine. Which is kind of weird, and I was just like, yeah, that's kind of weird. I hope that those known people come talking to me and ask me to do something for them. Like, can you take the evil demon from our land or something? You know, like some kind of big deal. I'm like, yeah, can you fix my back and my eyes? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I did. maybe. Maybe they're watching you because of what you can do, you know? They're like, was, this guy's yeah. going to come in handy one day. I tell you what. That'd be, that'd be interesting if they... If I talk to one, holy crap. Uh, oh my like, god, I, yeah, I, it would be. I'm so freaked out because I'm like, well, I, I talk to demons, so, I mean, this is should be so far-fetched. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's hilarious. That's an interest. The, the, both of those encounters, too, those are those are interesting. Man, you got you live an interesting life. You have, you're, you're growing up, you've got some interesting stories, and now you've got this, uh, dark entity catching and storing them into a ring and dude you're you're doing some uh some god's work if there is one which i i I hope so i believe in i believe there is one um not in the religious like christian sense but i believe i do believe that there is a, a a greater force um and i believe i believe all of us have something some kind of capability um of obviously yours is much much greater than um most people but i feel like we all have something within us that is helpful kind of in that like same realm we just gotta tap into it um and some people just can't for whatever reason uh but i think uh love and um you know, treating treating each other well, treating nature well is, is a, a, a good step forward for us to come together and uh, raise the vibration of the great of the consciousness, the greater consciousness, the um, and and build a community of, you know, all of us as one and help us ascend. Um, maybe all of us won't ascend by the time my life is, expires, but hopefully one day that uh, the universe can um, live cohesively. <laughs> and I'm doing my best to try to get us there any faster. Um, like I remember mentioned last time, I had to listen back to the episode to remember exactly what I told you. And then last time I told you, this was August that we recorded that episode that was released as well. Um, I had 52 demons in oh, yeah, yeah. this ring, right? Mm-hmm. That's the ring I have, the King Solomon replica ring. Um, 52. I am now at 65. And Solomon was what? 70. 70. Getting closer, my friend. Yes. And Are I you have... going to be able to fit them all in there? Are you going to be able to fit 70 in there, or...? Uh, it's, it's, well, not just, Solomon just had 70 demons. I have 65 demons, four witches, seven elementals, four, oh, sorry, five witches, four skinwalkers, 
seven elementals, one primordial evil, one djinn, one possible alien, I think. Uh, at least it, it portrayed itself to me as an alien. Uh, and that's an interesting story for another day. <laughs> yeah. Part um, three. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I lost, I lost count of how many human dark spirits I have taken. Um, the, because if you're an asshole in life, you will be an asshole in death. Uh, Absolutely. You're just a negative spirit and negative person. Negative person equals negative spirit and death. And I've taken, mm -hmm. like I said, I lost count of how many of those people I've taken. But what's interesting is, you, too, is I have now... See it? I was just going to... I was trying not to cut you off, but I was going to say, you might take my mother one day. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> there's some people I met, I'm like, if you run into me after you're dead, you're going to be in that ring with everybody else. Mm -hmm. um, and then out of that 65 demons, I have 10 high-ranking demons. Or not say high-ranking, just some names you know of. Names worth writing oh, shit. down. Names worth being written down. I have. Uh, oh, the, yeah, just some of the things I've taken so far, some have put more of a fight than anything else I have. But, uh, yeah, I think I'm getting close to being Solomon's record. I'm only five away. And we still got two months, and who knows what's going to happen. Like I said, in a matter of that time when we last talked until now, which is November, I've taken 10. And you've seen how my ability has grown from then to now. In a matter yeah. of months, I can go from, oh, I'm thinking this is the best I can get, and going, no, there's more. And then now I'm thinking, well, this obviously is the best I can get. Who knows where I would be, say, next year, you know, because even more stronger <laughs> with new and newer additions to what I'm already doing. Yeah, that'd be. I'd be interested in uh, hearing more about it a year from now. Uh, hearing about your ability and how many uh, entities you have in your ring by this time next year. That'd be super interesting to to know. Um, I find everything that you do interesting. So, uh, especially since once my, when Mike mentioned you and everything, like. Um, Man, I, I'm glad that you um, exist in the same timeline as me. That's all I got to say. Yes, and I've existed many before. Uh, well, not with this ability, but uh, who knows? I might have at some point in time, but the last lies that have been told to me, I've always been a fighter with physical weapons. Uh, this is yeah. something different. Yeah, refer to episode 50 to figure out what those past lives were. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Isaac. Um, why don't you tell them one more time uh, where they can find you and where they can find your podcast? You can uh, find us a Hidden in Shadows podcast on anywhere you listen to podcasts, Spotify, uh, Apple, um, YouTube, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Um, we usually put episodes out every week. Sometimes the bonus episodes out the same week as well. Uh, we're trying to have more bonus episodes so I have more things to listen to. Uh, or you can find us all social medias at Hidden the Shadows Podcast on Instagram, Hidden the Shaw Six on X, Hidden in the Shadows Podcast Two on TikTok, or links to all our social media and always list to us at Hidden the Shadows Podcast.com. We also have our new paranormal page, Hidden the Shadows Paranormal, where um, you can find that video that I talked about earlier, uh, along with some other photos from our past investigations. Um, and ask us questions through there, or if you need help with anything you're dealing with dark wise or maybe you just want your mind force cleared out to speak to your main spirit guide refer to episode 50 uh <laughs> and we speak to your main spirit guide you can easily message us through the hidden shadows paranormal or podcast uh instagrams 
and ask. That's simple as that. All you have to do is ask. And all the work I do for people clearing out their homes, making sure they're safe is all free. I never charge anyone anything for anything I do. Amazing. I like it. I like it a lot. Well, people, that is the show for today. Um, I hope you guys have a good night and uh, whatever time you listen to this. But um, if you like today's episode, please like, follow, share, subscribe. Definitely go check Isaac and his wife's podcast out. I would greatly appreciate it. Um, but uh, leave a review. Leave uh, a five star. I, I would appreciate five stars. But, it, you know, you give me what you think I'm worth. Um, and if you're interested in being featured on the show, it's where the weird ones are at gmail.com. Uh, where the weird one, uh, where underscore the weird ones are on Instagram, where the weird ones are on Facebook. Uh, find weirdos only on Discord, which I'm still trying to figure out how to work. Um, and yeah, I hope you guys have a blessed motherfucking day. But remember, question everything and stay weird. This concludes our broadcast day. Click. Because in the end, none of us have very long on this earth. Life is fleeting. And if you're ever distressed, Cast your eyes to the summer sky When the stars are strung across the velvety night And when a shooting star streaks through the blackness Turning night into day Make a wish <laughs>